I don't think that we've ever told, like, I don't think we've ever talked about, like, the nickname that Brooke and the cool kids have for Haley. I don't think we've ever said, like, her kind of, um... I'm trying to remember. Is it, can I guess? Yeah. Is it just Tudor Girl? Yeah. (laughs) They, like, call her Tudor Girl before they know her name. Yeah. And I just, we're reminded in the previously on, and I just wanted everyone to know that that's what they came up with but I was like so now I'm wondering like when you were in high school like what would your what would your tutor girl have been like what would you like if they they don't care enough about you to learn your name so they just take one thing about you I might have been book boy like Lucas Welcome to One Tree Will, the podcast where we watch episodes of One Tree Hill, and then we talk about them. I'm Will, and I'm watching the show for the first time. And I'm Tell who you are. <laughs> Introduce yourself. <laughs> uh, my name's Abby, and if I had had a pet cat, I would have named it Whitey. Why not Chad Michael Purry? <gasps> That's so good. It's... Bad, but it's close. Chad Michael Purry or mm-hmm. Cat Michael Murray. Mm-hmm. Or, um. <laughs> and here's where we cut <laughs> the silence so it makes it You're sound brilliant. like we're brilliant improvisers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're on episode eight of One Tree Hill, and the title is The Search for Something More. Um,. What could it be? Let's, brain, are, let's, let's, let's really break down what we're searching for. We're all searching for something. More? Take it away. <laughs> Open on. Will I, has to edit out so many of my burps, just in case you wanted them to know. Open on a teenage girl's bedroom. There's horror movie music playing. Why? we pan around and we see Brooke asleep in the red dress that she was wearing at Dan Scott's party in the previous episode she's asleep she wakes up and Peyton is next to her watching an old horror movie in black and white turns it off and they start to chat so it turns out that Brooke blacked out a lot of what she did at the party Peyton has already forgiven her Um, and tells her what happened with Lucas, and as a recap for us, uh, she and Lucas made out hardcore, but then he made it too much about them, like, being together forever, and she freaked out and left him. You know what I've noticed about this show so far? Sup. Eight deep, as I like to call this episode. Yeah. I'm eight deep. Mm, No Um, going back now. So, when I realized that I was eight deep, a thing (laughs) that... (laughs) They solve conflict very quickly and then create new hmm. drama like there are there's ongoing drama uh about the fact that lucas that, is a bastard that lucas is just a little bastard but um but other than that like especially between the core friends so far if there's drama like in the previous episode we're reminded that they're still friends sure sure you know like yeah and Brooke so messed up in a big way. Yeah. I know. I was surprised by how quickly Peyton forgives her. And I guess episodes are kind of like dog years and that like an episode is really... It's seven years. 
seven years in a dog and in, in dog time. Mm-hmm. That's why you'll never see the same dog actor in it's any really, given episode. It's really sad. Really, really sad. <laughs> this show is like, um, what is what was it called? Boyhood. <laughs> Where they're filming over the course of actually TV is boyhood. TV is boyhood. Drop that truth bomb. You're welcome. Google that quote on Goodreads. Mm-hmm. Well, Brooke is just saying that they need to change their karma. Um, so we'll see what her tactic is for that later on. Um, so meanwhile, we're with Lucas and Haley at a record shop, uh, which does become a location we see in the future. Um, oh my gosh. Oh, I wrote, yeah, I wrote get used to it because we're going to see the record shop again. Oh, that's good. Well, they're looking at tapes, which I liked. Oh. It's a record, but I think they're like browsing cassette tapes. Interesting. All right. So Nathan walks in um, and just kind of explains to Haley that he didn't know about the note um, and that he wasn't trying to hurt her. Um, And Haley, she's kind of not angry anymore, but she just says that she doesn't buy it. She's done with tutoring and they're done hanging out. And she drops it. To which he should respond, listen, tutor girl, what are you going to do if you're not tutoring? Are you just going to be girl? We'll find out. We're back to Brooke and Peyton. They're trying on lingerie. And Brooke's boobs. <laughs> this is word for word what I wrote. Brooke's boobs look comically high and large. So she's trying on like a corset bra tank top it's all three of those things combined because it's multiple straps but you can't tell where the bra ends and where the shirt begins and i'm you know if like i'm all about if you want to express your boobs and bring them out and let them shine please do and i'm not against her showing her cleavage or like having a push-up bra or anything like that but what's just so odd about this entire episode is she's wearing this bra that pushes her boobs up so high that I think she could lick them. It's the architecture of it. Like they're they're yeah. they're tickling her boobs are tickling her chin. She's yeah, it like, looks like she's wearing like a chin tickler. You know? <laughs> but it looks it looks like she has two boobs, like her normal boobs that she usually has, and then like the show put prosthetic boobs up like on her collarbones. Mm-hmm. It's like instead of collarbones she has cleavage. They're just, I don't know how they physically It's a fat suit, but for boobs. Yes. It doesn't feel like those can be her actual skin boobs. Yeah. Because they're up so high. And she's wearing this shirt for almost the entire episode and it's supposed to be sexy, which again, yeah, show your cleavage if you're enjoying. But like, it's not sexy because I'm just constantly questioning how it's physically possible. Mm Mm-hmm. I know that this is a lot of time to be like, no, I really I have don't mean to be, ob- it like, seems I, like I, a- is this objectifying her? It probably, but I don't, it's, it's more just like the fit. I don't know how they pulled it off physically speaking. Yeah. It's like the, the kid you went to high school who drew anime warriors was trying to draw <laughs> an anime woman for the first time and just drew the boobs too high. Just drew the boot, just drew them in the way that Abby was describing. Yeah. Meanwhile, Peyton is trying on a leopard print little, I don't know what you would call it, not a negligee, but like a, it's like a camisole corset lingerie thing. And they're going to a college party at Duke University. I feel like Brooke's costume is also a way of reminding us that there was a scene where 
where Nathan has a nipple ring, and then we haven't seen the nipple ring again. Yeah, and we've seen him shirtless, and we haven't noted it on the podcast, and I apologize. But yeah, he's been shirtless since the pilot without a nipple ring. Sans. Sans nip, nip ring. Yeah. Which I guess is like, you know, often they make changes from the pilot to other episodes. I guess they decided that he... I guess the nipple ring didn't test very well. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a question. Do you think it's going to work out for them? Take out your One Tree Will workbooks. Open Mark up down, to page 12. Open up to page 12 and write down if you think that... There's going to be conflict in this episode or not. Yeah. Karen and Deborah at the cafe... And we find out that Kara, Karen gets an acceptance letter into a Florence cooking school where she gets to spend six weeks in Italy. But she's like, I can't go. This is bad timing. And Deb says, you gotta go. This is coming from Deb. So I think she should. You think it's good advice? Yeah. I mean, I think she's... I mean, Deb is someone who has gone. You know, she did have her own career. Hmm. Um... And she's seen when that doesn't work, but I think it's, and I think she really wants to do, to work twice as hard because Dan isn't doing anything, you know, mm-hmm. to support, support Karen. And they're actually friends, it feels like, at this point. Yeah, this feels nice. Yeah. They've become friends quite quickly. So Nathan is lifting weights in his driveway. So he's moved his indoor gym out into his driveway or he just has two like an outdoor gym and an indoor gym match Brooke shows up it's probably part of his workout he probably does a couple sets inside and he's like time and then he moves it out yeah cause it's with some reps like you get your vitamin D and then you lose it and then you go get it back and mm-hmm. then you lose it it's so never fitness and nutrition are a never ending cycle and I just can't do it anymore what happens next Abby <laughs> So Brooke shows up and apologizes um, for her behavior the night before, and she wants to fix it. And Nathan is kind of like, okay, whatever, Brooke. And he's wearing a red tank top that I thought looked silly. (laughs) Abby took one look at the tank top. She looked at me and she said, put some ice on it. Put some ice on those nips. I don't want to see them poking out of the sides of your deep cut armpit sleeves real fixation we've got (laughs) (laughs) so brooke is basically there to this is karma phase one to make things right karma phase one was laundry oh sorry this is karma phase two okay so karen and keith are then at the cafe karen and keith are at the cafe and they make a cute little trade where she'll make him dinner if he helps her build these bookshelves and Karen says, it's a date. Ooh. <laughs> that was like a, like a ghost who loves drama. <laughs> like, a ghost who only shows up when like, they're like the K-I-S-S-I-N-G ghost. Where like two people are flirting and they show up and they're just like, like Grant and Margo love each other. I'm a ghoul who's also immature. He also sometimes shows up when people get called to the principal's office. Yes. <laughs> Boo. Leonard to Principal Howard's office. Leonard to Did Principal Howard. Did someone Howard. get in trouble? 
Which is funny, but it's sad to think that that was probably a kid who died doing that. And now, oh, <laughs> and now no. haunts the school. They, how, did they, how did they die? That sort of goes to probably, they would be like interrupted in the middle of... Like gossiping? Some hot goss, yeah. <laughs> um, so, Brooke walks in and Haley says, we're closed. <laughs> Good one, Haley, because we look around and it's the daytime and it, the cafe is full. But if you looked around, you would have missed Brooke looking around because she also looked around. So Brooke tells the truth about the note and she says Nathan had nothing to do with it. And she says, I want to fix it. And she tells Haley, I want to, I've planned the perfect date for the two of you. Um, and this is when Haley says, is it watching you get hit by a bus? harsh and Brooke says no just be ready at seven so Brooke is planning something to make up for being so mean at the party I don't think I would trust her if I was Haley if we're thinking about restorative justice oh okay is it that no (laughs) (laughs) well but it, it feels like it's like halfway there so it's it's like it's almost being like, I'm not just going to write this wrong by apologizing yeah. or by like punishing myself. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, understand what both people want and try and find like an agreement or a middle ground. But instead she's like doing that all for them. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a little tricky. I think that's what I, I do think it's, it's well-intentioned and I do like that instead of her, she does, she doesn't make it about herself. Which is kind of nice. Right, yeah. Like, she's kind of like what you're saying. She's like, I messed up, and me apologizing isn't going to help the two of you get back on track. Mm -hmm. What will is if I push you into this date. (laughs) What is cool is we see her, like, we see how sneaky she is in the last episode. Mm -hmm. And in this, she's using her sneakiness for good. For good, not for evil. Yeah, I like that. Me as well. Okay, so this is where we are back at Karen and Lucas's house, and we hear... A voicemail. Okay. Hi, hi, you've reached. Hi, you've reached Karen and Lucas. Lucas is my son, but his his father is Dan. If you live in this town, you probably know that already. Anyway, leave a message. Buongiorno, I am Marcello Vivani of the Giannino Culinary Institute in Florence. I call for Signorina Karen Rowe. Excuse me, but we haven't heard from you. That's pretty good. I think okay. you won. No, I'm making you do it. Okay. Are you ready? Can you start from the voicemail? Hi, everyone. It's me, your your favorite character, Karen. But I'm not here yet. But I will be. Beep. Buongiorno. I am Marcello Vivacci of the Giovanni Culinary Institute in Florence. I call for <laughs> Signora Karen Rowe. Scusi, but we have heard... but. But we haven't heard from you. Oh, no. <laughs> so we were, as you can tell, what they're trying to tell us in this voicemail is that this guy is Italian. And I will tell you that our Italian dialects are not, like, that much worse than the guy If we had auditioned for it, one. we would have gotten a callback, but we wouldn't have gotten the part. Correct. Because it's, it's a pretty bad um, Italian accent. So Lucas is overhearing this, and he also tells Karen that she needs to go. 
because he wants her to do something for herself. So she's basically being told by everybody in her life she should go, but she keeps on saying, no, I can't. Mm -hmm. I have responsibilities here. Mm -hmm. Did you even listen to my voicemail message? (laughs) Uh, My son is here. So then we're at the Duke party, college. And college, college party with boys and girls. What's the ooh la 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 from? It's like I think School Rock. Yeah, that's ooh, what it is. La, la, yeah. Ooh la la la. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it exactly. But they do the thing that every show does with college. Like, if they want to tell you that you're at a college dormitory or a college frat, they put up multicolored, um, like Christmas lights mm. and one tapestry. Solo cups in a dirty couch. It is interesting, especially talking to people. Because every, everyone we meet, Abby and I are living in London right now. We always tell them about the show. Not about the podcast. We tell them about One Tree Hill. <laughs> we say, you should really be watching this. And it's interesting. Well, we go like, you haven't seen One, you Tree, seen One Hill. Tree Hill? Yeah. How old they are you? They love it. They eat that shit How up. old are you, sir? <laughs> what... <laughs> What, did you grow up in a hole? I'm always like, what Hamlet did you grow up on? But I think a lot of people have like a very clear idea of what it means to grow up in America based off of... Yeah, I feel like one perception of American colleges is just that everyone's in a frat or a sorority. And you live in a big house and you drink out of solo cups. Which, to a point, is kind of true. Because I think that also American college students like to live out the fantasy. fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, we don't see much of the party, but it, it doesn't look like, it looks fairly, I don't know, realistic. Of well, just like a crowded like... house and everyone's drinking. Yeah, so we're about to get into like much more um, like upsetting territory than, than maybe we've entered so far. Uh, but yeah, so just a content warning um, that there's some attempted date rape and there's drugging of a teenage girl. And it sucks. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's horrible. So we'll get into that. All Um, the other things that have bothered us, or I won't speak, but like everything else has made, like the little things that have made us uncomfortable, like she's changing the back and Whitey comes to the window, are all like... They live in this fantasy world where there are no consequences for it. Yeah. Or no, like, you know, this is real. Well, yeah, we'll get to it. So at this party... Um, Brooke enters and she sees a cutie from across the room and she raises those eyebrows and goes, hello, Abercrombie. After shooting down two potentials. Oh, right. She walks in. Oh, yeah. They're like, there are two guys who do not make the cut. Not at all. Yeah. For various, I think, too nerdy. Oh, yeah. She gives reasons. Yeah. I didn't write. Yeah. Too... Oh, I don't remember. She swipes. It's left. pretty mean, and it's right to to their yeah. faces. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she she sees Abercrombie from across um, the way, and to give you an idea of what he looks like, he also plays the cutie high schooler in the movie Sleepover, starring Alexa Vega and Steve Carell. So there you have it, same actor. Uh, so she walks over to him, basically. Ditching Peyton immediately. Um, so Peyton's walking around and she sees this emo guy, like very emo, um, in his room. But his door is open 
and he's like right in the midst of the party but he happens to be in his gigantic dorm room um and she and he's listening to his own music on top of the party music (laughs) with a record so she's into his vinyl collection and is into the song playing and he's like you know the descendants and she goes yeah so he's impressed and she ends up hanging out with him so now we're back we haven't been here in a while. It's very exciting. We're back at the lakeside court. We're back at Boy Meets Luke's world with all of his friends. Oh, it feels so good. And they hassle him just enough about the fact that he's been gone, but they welcome him back. because With open arms. Because they're his lakeside boys. Yeah, so we've got almost everyone from the first episode. We've got Mouth. We've got Skills. And then we learn the names of the other guys, which are Chuck and Fergie. Short for Ferguson. Who are you missing? We are missing Jimmy. He is no longer there. But we do have the four friends. Really miss Jimmy. Can't wait to spend some more time with him. Oh boy. Which kind of connects to the end of last episode when when Peyton kind of rejects him. He's talking to Haley and he says they can keep their world. So I think mm. he's kind of deciding, you know, I, I miss my old people. I miss, like, they were real. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of been ditching them. So he goes back. Back to normal. What did it feel like getting to like see skills again? It felt great. I missed that guy. Me too. I mean, I don't know if Lucas probably wouldn't be on the team if it wasn't for skills. I don't think so. Yeah, so we're back at the college party and Brooke and Abercrombie, mm-hmm. or sleepover, as I was thinking of him, um, they're talking about studying for college tests and Which we is... find out that he's taking psychology in human sexuality. Nice. We all know what that means. <laughs> yeah. He gets to see slides of uteruses. Nah, 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 nah. Yeah, he's yeah, he he's like locks eyes with Brooke and he's like, Yeah, today we had like a cartoon diagram of a urethra. Yeah, today yeah. I got to see pictures of real genitals with herpes. It's pretty gross. Yeah, I've seen fetuses at a lot of different stages, and I've dissected a baby pig. What? What's your number? What's, what are your digis? What are your digis? Uh, so we're back with Peyton, and we find out the guy's name is Gabe, um, and they're hanging out um, in his room listening to music, and they're talking about like emo culture, and she says, I'm into the music, not the uniform, because she doesn't dress in all black and paint her nails black. Um, and he finds out, he kind of guesses that she's still in high school, uh, but is into it, I guess, and offers her a drink. At first she says no, but he kind of convinces her. He pushes her a little bit. So he pours her um, whiskey, and we see that he puts a pill into her drink and then smiles a very disturbing upsetting disgusting smile and then we cut to a different scene so oof fucking Gabe sucks yeah hard and and, and it's, it's a I mean it's upsetting for a million reasons but it's also like Peyton didn't want to go to this party thinks she finds one person that like isn't going to be a jerk and they're like they're getting along and they have similar interests, but then it it could have been a really positive thing. Yeah, for her, it wasn't. Yeah, it's so clearly it's just like a power thing and like just evil mm-hmm. misogyny. So we're gonna see 
we we cut out of that scene and we're gonna see what happens. He had well, just a second. He also has like he has like a whole like Tylenol, you know, where you like pop them out of a thing. Yeah. He has like a whole tray full. Like he has right. the supplies. They're in their own box. Yeah. He has like a hand carved wooden treasure chest that has his like roofing materials in them. Yeah. It's it's implied that he's done this before. So then we're back at the cafe, um, and Nathan shows up. And he shows up at 7 on Brooke's orders, and Haley is still hesitant and not into it. Um, and we find out that Brooke set up this, what she called a serial date, um, where one card leads to the next. Um, so the first card is just convince Haley to go on the date. Um, and then the second card is go to 1423 River Street, and on the way, tell each other three things you like about the other person, which is um, kind of funny because I did this thing a few times in Chicago called Soulmates, where I'd pair people together that maybe didn't know each other that well and would basically send them on the exact thing that Brooke is doing. But mine was a little less romantically inclined, a lot less pushy, <laughs> but very similar with like, you know, share these things about yourself or go on this adventure. So yeah. it's kind of funny. I was like, did I... Did I uh, watch this in middle school and plant it into my brain and then steal it eight years later? Um, but Nathan starts and he says that Haley is the most patient person he's ever known. Uh, and it seems sincere. Yeah. And she agrees to go. Take a moment now. Text someone <laughs> in your life three things that you love about them. Why not? Aw. Or tweet at us three things you like about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> And remember when you're texting the loved one, remember to hashtag it one tree well. Yes. So, so they'll we be like, know. They'll be like, where is this text coming from? This is so nice. And you can say, it's coming from the One Tree Hill podcast, uh, which recaps episodes of One Tree Hill. I think you would really like it. That's one of the things that I like about you. Is <laughs> your great taste in podcasts. So we're back with Brooke and Abercrombie, and they are making out, and they're loving it. So the or like let's go to your room and then she's like no let's go to your room and he's like no let's go to your room so he's like let's go to my car so they're about to go to his car but he gets a phone call and you hear him like whispering into it he says you said i could stay out until midnight so we find out he's also in high school what Uh. what will what but (laughs) what it it is funny though because they're both they're both doing the same thing Yeah, so then she says, what kind of a loser pretends he's in college? So she rejects him and he leaves and she never tells him that she's in high school. (laughs) Which it kind of seems like they're perfect for each other. Yeah. I don't think we've seen the last of him. I know. (laughs) Throw my prediction in early this time. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of funny retribution. Not retribution. Like the universe's retribution on Brooke. She does look up and say, real funny. Yeah, because the karma. Mm-hmm. Which, like, you know, I'm glad she didn't have sex with a college boy tonight. Yeah. I'm just, you know. Same. I'm kind of glad. Glad she didn't do that. Um. So then, okay, so then we're back with Peyton and Evil Gabe. Um, and she's getting woozy, so it's clear that she has been drinking um, the spiked, or not spiked, the roofied drink. And... This is one reason I love Peyton. Peyton is just so sharp. Mm-hmm. Ugh, like her a lot. Um, she's feeling woozy and she asks him, did you slip me something? Because she starts to feel it and she knows that she hasn't been drinking enough to feel this way. So she tries to leave and this is 
so we get a scene that is probably the most upsetting scene we've gotten thus far. So he shoves her down, closes the door, and turns up the music. So it's absolutely horrifying um, because we feel like she's trapped. She's locked in there. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, Brooke is calling Peyton because now she wants to go. Um, and Peyton is um, lucid enough that she's able to flip open her phone and kind of quietly but try to say help into the phone. So Brooke also, this is a great moment for Brooke, really great friendship moment where she immediately senses that something's wrong and she starts trying to get into the different closed rooms. So she there she finds the room they're in, the locked room. She, she gets, hears the music. She hears the music. Through the phone that's coming <gasps> in the room too. Smart. Yeah. Very good detectiving. All Brooke. all Brooke. So she gets the guy, um, she gets the guy to open it for her because it's also his room. And she is able to save Peyton from the situation and get her out of there before anything happens. <sighs> Huge relief. So it's, it's, it's a great combination of Peyton being able to, in the limited time she has, do what she can to get help. And then mm-hmm. it's, it's just like an A-plus performance of friendship by Brooke, where she senses something is wrong and immediately does whatever she can to find Peyton gets her home or gets her out of there and gets her safe. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is important to talk about, but like the way that the show handles it, cause we've, we don't need to go deep into it, but like we've talked about like rape scenes in shows and how, you know, rape or attempted rape can often be painted as too much of a gray area for the sake of like, you know, dramatic intrigue or whatever. And I mm-hmm. do think what I like about this is first of all, that it doesn't, you know, she is able to get out of the situation, but they still handle it with a lot of weight of like, even the attempt can be traumatizing and horrible and violating. But also, it's completely clear that Peyton, like, there's no victim blaming happening mm-hmm. by the writers or by the characters. Mm-hmm. And I just think, I don't know if we need to talk about that, but yeah, I, I do like that. I think that's yeah. a great point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're back to Karen and Keith making the bookshelves on their little date. And Keith is talking about how he wants to take more risks in his life. He wants to go for what he wants. Um, And Karen uh, asks him, like, what risks do you want to take? And he's about to say, which we're assuming it has to do with them. But the bread interrupts them. Bread's ready. (laughs) Typical. The the bread timer goes off. (laughs) Yeah. I like to think it was the same PA who voiced <laughs> the Italian. He's just really good with sounds. Yeah. He's a police academy guy. He goes, bread! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Brilliantly acted. Yeah, so the mood the mood is shattered beyond repair. <laughs> no, it's just he gets interrupted and she answers first. Yeah. So then we um so we don't we don't know where that is going because we go back to the lakeside court back with our boys our best friends all of our closest pals i think we realize too it's it's an episode about people taking risks and being vulnerable and we see what happens when people are doing that with people they can trust and we're seeing what happens when people put themselves in that situation with with, the wrong people with the wrong people yeah um so they're messing around playing some ball and Lucas's cell rings, 
and this is where we find out that it is a huge deal that he has a cell phone because none of his friends have a cell phone and they're all like you got a cell phone now yeah. whoa you really are <laughs> king of the castle i love that and in a town of tree hill you can kind of just like yeah. yell for people and you'll find them yeah it's like skills skills and he just pops up he's like i'm here mm-hmm. or you can walk into the corner store and say hey excuse me ma'am can i use your phone mm, good. and then you can pick up the phone and shout skills skills <laughs> are you in there um, so he gets a call from Brooke that's basically like, we need your help. Please come to Duke as soon as you can. So he leaves his pals and immediately goes and helps them. And they're, they're understanding. They're yeah. kind of like, oh, come on, man. But they don't, they let him go. Yeah. The, the situation obviously isn't, isn't funny, but a thing to remember is that Lucas drives everywhere in a tow truck, yeah. which is fun. <laughs> I just cannot <laughs> believe that that's his life like that anybody i just can't it's so big it's a big old tow truck and like imagine him like speeding (laughs) speeding to this like college campus yeah down the highway in this tow truck hey it's will from the podcast that you're listening to if you like the show you can learn more about it on Twitter at One Tree Will, uh, on our website, OneTreeWill.com, or on Facebook at One Tree Will. Uh, tell us what you think. Leave a review, like and subscribe. You know how it works. And it really does help, and we would love for as many people as possible who like recap podcasts of One Tree Hill to listen to our podcast. So thank you. We don't have any sponsors, but we do love our listeners. Uh, like Hannah. Thanks so much for listening and telling your friends about the show, Hannah. It means a lot to us. Uh, and the next One Tree Wednesday won't be next week. It'll be the week after that because I'm going on a hiking trip in Scotland where there's no such thing as internet. All right, back to the pod. Then we're with Deb and Dan for the first time this episode. So we're with Nathan's parents, um, and Dan finds out from Deb that Nathan is on a date with Haley. So we find out that Deb maybe, you know, Nathan shared something with Deb. It's kind of nice. Um, and Dan just, it's just like, this scene is just a reminder in case we've forgotten that Dan is an asshole. So he I calls it. I don't think it, I've ever seen him do something right. <laughs> in no. the show so far. No. I think every time he's given a choice, he has done the wrong thing. <laughs> yes. So he calls it a mercy date. Yeah, just, <sighs> he says Haley is beneath Nathan. He literally says that. Nobody like that's only what is said in period pieces <laughs> that are based on Jane Austen books. <laughs> that's like the only time. Yeah. He's beneath your station. You There's, go, you go. The Scott family should... It's kind of like Southern. It's sort of Is it gone with the wind. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Scott family should not be sullied by the name of the Tudor girl. Mm, that was so, like Game yeah. of Thrones. Um, yeah, so it's gross. And Deb kind of defends Haley, which is just starting to become a nice little pattern between the two of them. Dan says something awful, and Deb tries to make him be a human. Nathan and Haley were back on their date, and this is where Haley says three nice things about Nathan. So she says that she likes that he lets her in. Um, she likes the way he smiles when he solves a problem, which like, ooh, romantic. 
And three, um, he's not horrible to look at. So she gets real with him. Well, two um, and three are a little close, but... No. One is that he's handsome, and one is that she likes how he smiles when he solves a problem. Like, she likes the way he feels in acts. The way he feels. <laughs> I feel like they're different. Yeah. So Brooke has sent them to the same lingerie store. I wonder where she thought of that, that she was at earlier. Uh, and they're like, <laughs> they look at each other. They look at each other like this. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So then we're back to Brooke and Peyton. So they're sitting, standing, sitting outside, I think, um, like a, like the, a lecture hall. Or the something. steps of the quad or something. Yeah. Um, is that, <laughs> we went to college. <laughs> And that's when the college girl who saw them comes up to them. We find out she's a med student because Brooke's kind of freaking out because Peyton's not waking up. So, um, and the med student kind of says, I think she's going to be okay, but it would be, it would be good to see what he gave her. And she's like, it looks like a sedative, but it would be not, you know, I could help her more if I knew what it was. Um, so this is when Lucas shows up and he decides he's going to go back to the guy to find out what he gave her. Um, so the med student stays with Peyton and Brooke and Lucas go to find Gabe the asshole. Big fan of the Evil med student. Gabe. Yeah, we love the med student. Played by we Stephanie lo- Wallace, who is in Dawson's Creek and the Watchman's Canoe. And that was all that was on her trivia. <laughs> Thanks for listening, Stephanie <laughs> Wallace. Hey, Stephanie Wallace. Thanks for being our number one fan. If, Steph, if you ever want to come on the pod... We would love to have you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We'll fly you in. Especially the way that you stuck around with Peyton in that episode. You seem great. Yeah. We really believe that you, Stephanie Wallace, as a person and as a med student, are top notch. I'm pretty sure they were filming and it was just supposed to be Brooke and Peyton. And then you were an extra and you, you said, I have to go to her. I have to help. And the director was like, wait, just keep keep rolling on this remember though that watching shows is more fun if you don't keep saying out loud this isn't real they're (laughs) actors (laughs) if you can resist that urge it's gonna be better for everybody absolutely so brooke and lucas go back and find the guy all played by actors (laughs) they go back to the room and it's locked again and they can't find the guy to unlock it so Lucas kicks in the door on his first try. Yeah, well done, man. Wow. He pins Evil Gabe to the wall and he demands, um, he basically beats him into giving him the pills. So the guy finally, he's, he's just an asshole throughout all this. He finally gives him the pills. Gabe says, it was one roofie. And he gets punched, and it feels good. Yeah, so Lucas punches him multiple times, and it is it feels very good. Yeah, it's justified. It's a great use of violence. Bring it on. <laughs> great use of violence. So Lucas leaves, and, you know, a lot of these things are great, but just to point out, like, Gabe will receive, like, Gabe lost his, like, roofie stash and got punched a few times, but that's it. A problem like, is, one problem in this moment is that Lucas gives him the ultimatum. Of like, give me the roofies or I'm going to tell the RA. Yeah. And it's sort of like, well... Give me the roofies and then I'm going to go tell the RA. Go to jail for a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Or just, yeah, have... He's not held accountable beyond this night. Yeah. Which kind of shows that they're in high school. It's such a high school thing to do. To just, like, go take care of it yourself and, like, not trust that you can at least try to get him to, you know, 
be held accountable and, and be stopped and, you know, be expelled or whatever. That's not what's going to happen here. We're back with Nathan, Nathan and Haley, and it's, you know, um, a breath of fresh air. So they're searching for the next card in the lingerie store. They find it, and it says to buy each other a gift, um, and it also gives them the address for the next location. Uh, I noticed that it's, it is a Saturday night, and it is dark outside, and this lingerie store is still open. <laughs> Which is like, wow, like they're open late on a Saturday night. Poor employees. Um, so they exchange their gifts. When they leave the store, Haley buys Nathan socks. And Nathan buys Haley a very beautiful silk slip. Yeah. Like a little nightgown. Um, and she loves it. It's a very sweet moment. Um, so we're back to Lucas tucking in Peyton. So they've gotten her home safe. Um, and Brooke is online researching the effects of the pills. Um, and they... They say that the med student said that she'd be fine. She just needs to sleep it off. And um, she might have some memory loss about, you know, like after she took it, she might not remember what happened. So Brooke is talking to Lucas and confesses that she feels like it's all her fault because she forced her to go there. Um, And Lucas kind of comforts her. And they both decide to stay up together to look after Peyton. And Lucas kind of ends the scene by saying, it's not your fault. Um, yeah. And then just a detail that also helps cut some of that tension is that Lucas makes coffee and for both of them, cause they're staying up and his mug is comically large. <laughs> we'll find that out later, but <laughs> it's, it's it is a very good. large mug of coffee. Yeah. So Nathan and it's back to Nathan and Haley and they were taken to a really nice waterside restaurant. Very romantic. It's a little confusing if Brooke is like footing the bill. Yes. I don't think she is. I think it's just like, you should go to this really nice, fancy waterside restaurant. But also, Nathan's dad has the top dealership in North Carolina. So we we know that he's making at least $100,000 a year. Men. (laughs) Probably more. Men. Um, So the card says to order your favorite dish for the other person. Um, and Nathan gets a little vulnerable. He says that he's not very experienced with dating because he and Peyton, they, they just kind of fought and made up, whereas he's never really like courted somebody before. Um, my thought on this was, I just feel like this all feels so fast to me mm-hmm. from them just tutoring to this happening. Like there's no in between. Like, it's not like they were really friends. I don't know. It just feels so sudden. Like, we're on episode eight, and already he's gone from the enemy to, like, maybe dating Haley. Yeah. And it and it, it covers a lot of, yeah, exactly, of, like, is it okay to be, like, friendly with him? To, to be in a romance is so quick. They're on a date. Candles. There are candles. There's water. Candles and water. And food. In... Like, really nice glasses for their water. We go back to Keith and Karen, who are on their own kind of date. Building shelves. Eating bread. They start talking. wine. (laughs) Go ahead. They start talking about the small business leagues. Um, And Karen is like, I'm thinking about what you said at small business leagues. And we're like, is she going to say that he, you know, admitted his undying love for her? I do wonder which person at the small business league owns lingerie shop. Oh, they were definitely there. Yeah. Or maybe they were wearing their underwear on the outside of their outfit. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> or yeah, no, they were just wearing underwear. Yeah, and they're like an extra in the background. We should go back and look at the show. Is full laundry. of Easter eggs. Just open your eyes for once. So, um, but Karen isn't talking about that part. She's talking about how Keith was talking about like wanting to change and be a better man. And he says, "Me too." That's what I want. So he thinks that they're talking about them being a couple, but what Karen actually is talking about is the cooking program. She goes first and says, I have this chance to go to Italy for six six weeks. So he shuts off what he was going to say and says, you have to trust your gut and go if your gut tells you to go. So he kind of shuts off what he wants to say and becomes a supportive friend for her. Mm. It's a really loving moment. He pivots. To use some basketball terminology. <laughs> but remember, if you pivot, you've got to stop dribbling. You can't move forward. You've got to pass the ball. Back to Lucas. So um, he and Burke are staying up drinking coffee out of this big mug. I like the thing that he brought them, that he brought both mugs in. And I was like, which one do you want? And she was like, I couldn't possibly take a mug that big. Why didn't we see that? They film a lot of scenes that we don't see. A lot of them get cut before we see them. Well, that's upsetting. Yep. Um, and they start, they just start talking about like deep, deep stuff. So they're talking about, you know, um, Lucas's parents, and then they talk about Brooke's parents, um, and that, you know, they just start talking about the like real, the real stuff. Mm-hmm. But this, this is where I had to remind myself that this is literally twenty four hours after the drunken truth or dare. So this is less than. It's basically a day after she was so awful. And it is surprising to me how, well, it's just the speed of the show, mm-hmm. but how quickly it kind of is like, oh, Brooke isn't so awful, which I like, guess is fair, but also like she was so mean the night before. Mm-hmm. I also think because of how horrible she was and in this heightened situation, it's sort of like any, she's like kind and open and vulnerable here. Mm-hmm. And any level of that would be like surprising and welcome. Yeah. And it's the first time that she hasn't flirted with him. Yeah. Yeah. It's so nice. Nathan and Haley are told by past Brooke to reveal a secret to each other. And this is where Haley admits that she cheated on a geometry test last year. And that's why she started tutoring. Because she felt guilty and she wanted to give back. And we find out that or Nathan's about to say his secret. And this is when his friends walk up. To this, just they walk in, like inside the restaurant patio. They're like traveling in, in like basketball formation. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the whole back of them, like a flock of ravens. Yeah. And Tim says, "This isn't a date, is it?" And Nathan immediately is like, "Of course not! Like, what? What are you talking about?" Tutor girl, are you kidding me? Yeah, it's not good. So. And we have learned from Dan that he, she is beneath Nathan's station. The Nathan station. She's beneath it. A different cast. <laughs> so Peyton, um, it's the morning. It's early morning. She wakes up to Lucas, um, and she doesn't remember what happened. So he tells her very gently, and then she she says sorry, and he says for what, and she says for all sorts of things. So Lucas drives Brooke to her car in the morning, and he asks why she called him, and she says because she knew he'd come through, and Lucas says he was wrong about her, which is a little. <laughs> condescending or something but um basically saying that she's more complicated than he gave her credit for which to be fair she was incredibly one-dimensional to him for weeks that's fair yeah all of his interactions with her since getting on the basketball team have been 
her like playing this role. That's fair. Yeah, that's so, true. Brooke leans in and uh, and gives Lucas a little peck, a little chase peck on the cheek, and he says, "Call me if you need anything." So they've leveled up. <laughs> I think. Yeah, they're now in the candy cane forest. Yeah. <laughs> so Luke. Lucas comes home in the morning. Karen's mad because he was out all night, but he explains, and then she's like, well, well, now I can't be mad at you. Um, and she keeps making excuses for, like, not going to Italy. So Lucas says that he already booked her a non-refundable ticket to Italy using the emergency credit card. And I had a lot of questions here. <laughs> this is where my pragmatic, worrying, non-impulsive brain shines through my questions were what if she'd already bought herself a ticket what if you got the dates wrong what if did you buy a return yeah did you buy a return what if she had points that she could have used she said she was planning on using miles and not spending any of their money it is also what if he went to the wrong airport in italy oh that's a huge one also buying an international flight the day before the flight is it's so expensive. Yeah, what if he'd gotten, like, her birth year wrong? I'm like, there's just a million things he could have done incorrectly by buying her a non-refundable ticket. And she's just t- totally charmed by it. She's like, thank you so much, son. <laughs> I can't wait to pay this off. <laughs> yeah. But it is sweet. I guess so. So then we're with Nathan. It's in the middle of the day, and he's throwing rocks at a window in, in Haley's house. She walks up behind him, and she's like, are you trying to get my parents' attention? That's their room. Which is very funny. Hilarious. <laughs> and it's the show is aware that it lives in the world of people throwing tiny stones at windows. <laughs> Where do you get it's those like sometimes stones? Sometimes people make mistakes. Yeah. So Switchfoot's Dare You to Move is playing classic another thing it shares with a walk to remember also features in that movie um and nathan is about to give a big old speech and his the point of it i'll summarize is that he says something along the lines of i want to be somebody good enough to be seen with you so he puts his heart out there She's not buying it. She says, there's nothing you could do that would surprise me. Okay, so Will just surprised me with a kiss. and This is a lesson and sometimes that doesn't work. It, it did not feel good. No. And now I'm, I'm putting myself into the position of all these girls who get surprise kisses. <laughs> It's so forceful. You have to kiss hard to and make it. You kind it... of have to hold their head. Yeah. Yeah. And once it happens once. <laughs> <laughs> well, we really downplayed this really huge moment, but Nathan kisses Haley. It's awesome. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tell me about it. I just love a good kiss. Yeah, was it good? It wasn't great. It was a high school kiss. He's doing a lot of forehead acting. <laughs> he knows that it's a big dramatic thing. But it was, I mean, I... You liked it? You perv? <laughs> <laughs> They're teenagers, a will. I know. No, it's very sweet. It's very sweet, and it's sort of... We were talking about how, like, every time Dan is given an option, he does the wrong thing. 
And it was nice seeing Nathan do, I think, the right thing. Yeah, did, did it feel sincere to you? Yes. And then... It's sort of one of... In this episode, it's sort of one of the, one, the very first times where it's like... We see it falter when the team walks by. Yeah. But it, but I do trust him in that he's like, this really is for Haley. Where up until this point, there's been like an element of like getting Lucas back or something. Um, yeah, yeah, you believe that he's actually into her. Yeah. So they stop the kiss. It's, you know, it's a fairly brief kiss. And then she kisses him back. And this time it's like Frenching for sure. That kiss is even, is way, it's like... <laughs> it's just so it, it's even better you know if you can imagine if you can even imagine I wrote pudgy lips yeah well, I think no he one's like perfect. pudges his lips out during the kiss it's like he like he really pudges them yeah but she's into it she's and she's a very very good kisser <laughs> for Tudor for someone who's for Tudor girl yeah so we're we're at the cafe with Deb and Karen, um, and Karen was going to go to Italy, but has gone through the books, and she can't shut down the cafe for six weeks. Especially after having a non-refundable ticket purchased for her. Precisely. On her emergency credit card. So Deb says that she can take over, because she has management experience and blah, 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 so she says, I'm going to take over the cafe for you so you can go and karen's like let me see your references (laughs) (laughs) and deb says your life is now which i like yeah so we're back at the lakeside court and lucas is back there so that's kind of nice he's back with his friends brooke shows up and sits with mouth and she has a nice little chat with mouth um and she says what's your name he says mouth she goes oh that was my nickname at summer camp he he blanches and she Blanches? says, I don't know. He balks. He goes, what? And she goes, because... I don't remember anymore. Because I, I would never stop talking or something, right? Yeah, it has... It does... It's it's something innocent. I don't remember anymore. I didn't write it down. <laughs> I want to live in the dirty life. <laughs> that dirt. I want to be down in the thick, muddy, wet dirt. Just swimming around in there really getting the bacteria in every crevice but she's right she's right at home and Lucas gives her a little smile yeah she's one of them now (laughs) (laughs) so then Deb and Dan um, are together and Deb tells Dan that she's going back to work and he's thrilled thinking that she's leaving town again (laughs) And instead she says um, that she's working for Karen. And he looks around for hidden cameras because he just can't believe it. It's an incredible... It's a virtuosic moment for him. (laughs) Remember, keep in mind, there's an actor playing this. (laughs) This isn't real. (laughs) It's really funny. Are you wearing a wire, Deb? Are you even? Are you even dead? Yeah. Are you even my wife? Rip, and he tries to rip her skin off. He tries to rip off her mask. He's like, "Take off your mask." <laughs> I know, I know, you're not really my wife. Am I dreaming? Is this a dream? And she goes, "My my skin." And then he goes, "Oh, sorry." And then it cuts to the next thing. So then Karen's leaving. Finally, get the frick out of there, Karen. No one wants you here, Karen. Yeah, it's like Buongiorno, uh, Scusi. Why haven't you left already? 
That's good. <laughs> we should start saying scoozy more. Yeah. Um, but scoozy sounds like like a douchey way of saying jacuzzi. Like, mm. Let's get into scoozy, Sharon. Scoozy, but I don't think so. <laughs> so Deb is at the cafe. Haley is at school. Oh yeah, okay. This is we're in like a little montage. So Deb's at the cafe taking over. Haley's at school and she sees Nathan and kind of smiles, but walks away because he's with his friends. But he says bye to his friends and immediately runs up to her and like walks with her in front of all his friends, which is nice. Um, Abby, he slips a piece of hair behind her ear. It's oh, yeah. huge. I'm missing all the subtle physical moments between characters. Well, I'm a big old perv, and oh, that's boy. what I write down. <laughs> it, yeah, he, he has a moment of physical He's contact in front of his friends. So he is making it a fish. So then Keith and Karen are at the airport. Keith is seeing Karen off. They say goodbye. There's dialogue. <laughs> Unimportant. <laughs> Karen's about to leave and she looks Keith deep in the eyes and she kisses him. Sneak attack. Two big kisses in one ep. It's huge. There's a lot of macking it in this ep. Plus the peck. Brooke to Luke. Mm-hmm. And Brooke to Abercrombie. <laughs> we know he's coming back. <laughs> he's actually the principal. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, he's actually a prince from Royal High School. A high school? For royalty. <laughs> <laughs> and then they do a whole spinoff yeah. called Prince High. Prince High. You thought being a prince was special, but not when everybody's a prince. Mm-hmm. I'm the smallest prince. I wonder if my <laughs> feet is kind of funny. <laughs> what? <laughs> All the other princes look down at me because I'm handsome, but I'm not handsome, handsome. <laughs> Everyone in my high school is 2006 Prince William, and I'm more of a 2018 Prince William. I'm a kid, but I'm balding. (laughs) (laughs) Because of all my royal duties. They're really stressing me out. Anyway, I have to find my wife before junior year. (laughs) (laughs) Or else my grandma will be furious. (laughs) She's the queen. So... Okay, then we're back at school. Peyton runs up to Lucas, and she gives him a hug. Not a kiss, I know you're thinking. Because those are just, people hand those out like candy pops. Hey guys, real fast, I know you're thinking it was a kiss. It was just a hug. So, um, be be mature about it, please. Go ahead, Abby. It's actually, it's a very, um, it's It's kind of a vulnerable hug. It's like almost, they almost are more close in that, like she lets her guard down more in that moment than when they have made out. Yeah. She... It's it's a very vulnerable moment because it's it's very sincere. Yeah. And it's connecting what happened secretly in like the light of day. You know, it's like an acknowledgement mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. Yep. She's not pretending it didn't happen. She's very grateful. Yeah. And then Peyton oh yeah. I forgot this is the ending. <sighs> There's no quote at the end of this either. So also zero basketball. Yeah. Thank not you even for everyone. Thank you for everyone who uh, chimed into our Facebook quiz. Um, hopefully there will be yeah poll. Sorry. Hopefully there will be more basketball to talk about because we will we'll get a chance. Yeah. So 
Brooke comes up and then Brooke and Peyton are walking away together into the sunlight and Lucas is just watching them watching their backs just like smiling like a proud father as the two of them walk in the sunlight but here's what it looks like if if you had walked in on this episode in this very moment without any context not knowing what happened before I would be like get out (laughs) (laughs) they're walking into the sunlight in a way that looks like they've died and they're their own angels or like kind of like spirits who have decided to leave this realm and peacefully walk into the light to the afterlife and go into heaven and this is all him saying goodbye to them forever it seems like their names and uh, and like dates should appear on the screen yes and then it should fade to white yeah um but that is the end of the i think it might fade to white but they're not dead yet. <gasps> Spoilers. Okay, just so as a reminder, Will's prediction last time not only didn't come true, it came like as far from true as possible. So your prediction last time was that it was basically going to be like a Jake Jigluski episode um, about him and his baby. And he does not have a moment of this episode. So we find out this huge thing that he's a dad. Yeah. But we don't see him talk about him at all in this episode. So we are, learn no new information about Jigasco. Mm. So what's your prediction for next week? Because this one was so horribly off. I'm, you know, I think I'm on the right track, actually, with that prediction. And maybe it was just a little premature. So I'm going to stick with that prediction. And I'm going to raise you uh, sort of a... A this is us element to it in that it will be Jake Jigliskar, um but we'll see him as a younger man um, a few months before. So like fashion will be like a little bit different and like um, everyone you'll notice that like Whitey is a little bit lighter you know he hasn't put on the weight for me and all the cashews at the party yet. Um <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so everyone's kind of, it's sort of like a period piece episode where it's a like, flashback. instead of 2002, it's, instead of like fall of 2002, it's like summer of 2002. <laughs> um, and we see, we get to meet, um, Jigliski's, uh, you know, the woman who bore him his child. <laughs> oh boy. Well, thank you. Hey. Hey you, thanks for being here with us in our apartment in London. I can't believe you all fit in our studio, but you I do, can, and it's amazing. I can kind of believe it. <laughs> um, uh, and just remember. Call me if you need anything.